This episode is a continuation of our Seven Deadly Sins series. To hear the other episodes in the series, you can go to strangersandaliens.com slash seven deadly sins. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 283, The Seven Deadly Sins, Envy. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. And my name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with two other friends. That would be Steve, Steve McDonald. Hey, everybody. And Evan, Evan David. Hello. And <laughs> gentlemen, um, we are here to talk about a topical series that we started. <laughs> in Seven Deadly Sins. We started nice. in 2012. Wow. Um, October of 2012. And I was like eight years old. Yeah. It's taken us seven deadly years. So, yeah, well, let's. OK, here's the deal. Uh, if you want to listen to the other episodes of this series, you can very easily go to strangersaliens.com, search the website for deadly sins. There is uh, episode 31 from October of 2012 with gluttony. Wow. Uh, episode 43 from January 19, 2013. Episode 43 is Sloth, part two. Part three was episode 55. Uh, that's from March 2013. And the reason I'm giving you those dates is so that as you're scrolling down on your phone, um, you know how far to go and you can kind of stop <laughs> nearby. Uh, let's see, September that same year, 2013, was Greed. You know, so we're doing a couple a year, and it's, it's they're spaced out. That was rolling know, right along. Yeah, three of them in 2013, I guess. Um, oh. Greed, episode 86, September 16th, 2013. Lust, episode 119, uh, March 29th, 2014. We've had over 150 episodes occur since part five and part six, which is where we are right now. Now, some could say it is an example of maybe sloth. Um, <laughs> some could say that. And I don't know how wrong they would be. Really, Come but, on, we've done 150 episodes. Not really, not really sloth. It just never got right back, right back into it. And so, right. um, so here we are, and we're talking about the, the sin of envy. Brief introduction here. The seven deadly sins are not, it's not a biblical list. It's not a list right. from the Bible, like the Ten Commandments say, or... You know, the fruit of the spirit of that kind of thing. Uh, but they are practical 
concepts from the Bible. And so they, uh, the Bible definitely talks about these things as being problematic and detrimental to your spiritual life and actually life in general as well. Um, <laughs> so the, the Bible does address these concepts that we're talking about in this series, mm-hmm. but it's not something that, you know, this list is not something that's like Jesus said, and here are seven things to avoid. Um, but he did talk about, you know, lust. If your right. eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away, or that kind of thing. You know, man cannot serve both God and, and money. And, you know, see, so he talked about these things, and the Bible talks about these things. So all that said, uh, just to kind of get you in, into the uh, the rhythm of what we're talking about here and how we're going to talk about it. And we're going to start by defining the sin, which in this case is is envy. And we're going to talk about just what it is. Then we're going to talk about examples from sci-fi and fantasy books, comics, movies, whatever, uh, examples that we think of when we think of uh, envy. And then we're going to get into um, some of the more, I don't know, practical applications. Uh, that sounds very sermony. <laughs> And now the practical application <laughs> for what we've just talked about, but we are going to talk about that and just how that plays out in in our own lives and and uh, the some you know scripture that sticks out as we were looking into this um, this concept and this this topic, and of course, um, if you've listened to this before, you know we will also be talking about C.S. Lewis because I started it back then and I'm not going to stop doing it. <laughs> nice. So yeah, the seven deadly sins, we're at number six on our list. It might be number something else on a different list. But for our list, this is number six, and it is Envy. And Evan, uh, yes, sir. You, this is, you, you're new to the party here. Yes. Um, not new to the Strangers and Aliens party, but... <laughs> but new to the first sin deadly party. Sin. Yeah, this, this is, is your, your first, first, deadly, your first sin. deadly sin. This is, this is a milestone. Uh-huh for you. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat right now and tell you and ask you, uh, Envy, what is it? Okay. Huh? Huh? Go. I, I personally would define Envy as obsessing over what someone else has, especially when it's the exact thing that someone else has and only that thing. So like, for instance, it's I would say it's different than saying, oh, that person has a nice car. I too would probably like a nice car. But instead you're saying, oh, that person has a nice car. I want that car. And I want that car and I want them not to have it. Yeah. And then I would also just generally say a it's a wanting that creates discontentment in your life. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good. Steve. Yeah. What do you got for your definition? Well, and Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments calls it covetousness. So I, I see it as, you know, the, the precursor to theft. So, you know, very much similar to what, uh, what Evan said. Um, I don't know if I'd add to it. I think he, uh, he hit the, uh, the shades of it correctly. But you did add, uh, this is the one deadly sin that's actually in the Ten Commandments. Um, well. This is the one that the Ten Commandments actually state straight out. Don't do this. Is murder not a deadly sin? It is not. But it is a deadly sin. Well, it is literally a deadly sin, yes. Right. Because yeah. it is sin, with a, it's a with sin a that actually d. literally cause deadly effect. With a small d, it's a deadly, you know, small d, deadly sin. No, but it's okay. not part of the seven here. 
No, it's not one of the seven. No, and, and, but this is the one. That Why th- is no one of the seven? We should do a special episode. The eighth episode in this series is like <laughs> deadly where are sins. These we other, wish we're in there. Where where are these <laughs> other deadly sins? You know, I mean, it's like what <laughs> murder? No, okay. I don't know. I, what I find <laughs> interesting is a lot of these these deadly sins uh, are kind of you in because uh, I went back and listened to some of our, our old episodes. I didn't get to listen to all of them, but you actually called, I think it was sloth that you called a, a gateway sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of these are, I don't know if I would call them gateway sins as much as they are root sins that lead to okay. other sins. Yeah. And, and I think that's why these ones get the special treatment uh, from, you know, just from history from, you know, a couple thousand years of people making lists of this kind of thing. And, and this is the way <laughs> the list plays out. Um, right. is, is that, yeah, uh, wrath leads to murder, mm-hmm. you know, or, or could mm-hmm. lead to murder and wrath in your heart towards someone, as Jesus said, you know, you've already, you know, you've killed them in your heart if you hate them. Right. You know, and you've, you've yep. committed the sin. The sin is happening within, even if you're not actually committing the murder itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that I, yeah, Evan, I think you hit some, some good, uh, Good nails on the head, so to speak. Um, I did get a couple of definitions from people from history, like Augustine says it's begrudging mm-hmm. God's gifts to others. Hmm. Uh, Thomas nice. Aquinas said it's sorrow over another's good uh, beyond your own. Um, hmm. That's that's Schadenfreude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a big part of of envy. Um, Frederick Buchner, uh, the consuming desire to have everyone as unsuccessful as you. <laughs> <laughs> I, hmm. I like that one <laughs> very true um, yeah and then uh, for me it was just kind of it's longing for what you don't have and then looking at other people with malice for what they do have um th- and, but malice is a different one right no this is with malice like it's it's a it's a their their arm and arm they're linked up together oh, okay um but it's not just i want that it's you're you hold it against the other person for having that Right, right. Because right. I don't think it's bad to want stuff as long as it doesn't consume you, right? Or it becomes an obsession. Right, right. And I have something I wanted to to run by you guys um, with with one of, one of the definitions here in a moment. But the other thing I would mention though is most of the other sins, there's some form of catharsis that comes out of it, or some form of temporal pleasure that comes hmm. from it. And this is one of the few that. It's not fun and there's no satisfaction. You know, when you feel mm. envy, it's in it's eating you up from the inside. Yeah. Know? And it is not something like with with wrath, when you act on it, you can actually there's some maybe some catharsis there. Or, you know, just it can feel good to feel angry sometimes. You're it's, weird. I might be, but there's there's that feeling <laughs> of Does anyone really feel good when they're angry? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and then when you come out of it, it wrong, I guess. (laughs) No, but then when you come out of it, you're like, oh, that was not good. (laughs) Like, I I should not have felt that way. But in the middle of it, you know, there is the this. uh, And with envy, you're feeling good when other people lose something or, Mm. you know, there's there's that. But this is really more of an internal thing that just, you know, gluttony. Oh, man. Shouldn't have eaten that, but it tasted so good. Yeah, you know, I, 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 mm. I could have stopped it too, but five, mm, you know. And then uh, even sloth, where there's just the pleasure 
and it's it's a it's a base pleasure. It's not a necessarily even a good pleasure, but it's just the ah, I'm just gonna lay here, <laughs> not do anything. And so those other sins have opportunity for what you might call a positive emotion, some form of satisfaction, happiness, temporal moments of, of feeling that. But envy does not does not have that, and I, that's another reason why this is kind of an interesting an interesting thing. You, you mentioned Evan the the idea of uh, you know, wanting something is not a bad thing, right? right. And I'm going to just throw this one out there as kind of a our first example. And I'm trying to remember the exact details when I wrote this down. It was such a great idea, and now I'm looking at my note and I'm just like, wait a minute, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. But Steve Rogers, <laughs> oh, I, I do remember what I was thinking. Okay, Steve Rogers, right? In specifically in the movie, in the first Captain America movie. First Avenger. First Avenger, before he goes through the process and becomes Captain America. Mm -hmm. He has desire. And he has people in his life and people around him who are able to do this thing that he really wants to do, but he can't do. But he's looking at that and he's working toward it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, yeah, you could talk about how it may, may be wrong for him to, you know, lie on his, on all the forms and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Right. But it wasn't coming from a place of envy. It was coming from a place of uh, desire duty. to, yeah, duty, desire to do right, desire to be a part of things and desire to help people. Mm. You know, for the most part, his motives were pure if his actions weren't necessarily. Okay. But then, after he becomes Captain America and he's actually in the theater of war in Europe and he's there to put on a show. And this is where you see envy turning him inside and you see him sitting there and just feeling sorry for himself that he doesn't have what he wanted. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the thing that all these other soldiers have, which is duty. Uh, he's and, and so before he was being pushed to work hard and now the envy is causing him to sit and wallow and, and have envy. He's having so- uh, sorrow for other people's good and he's seeing other men happy and he hates it that he, they're happy and he's not, you know, it, it's not quite as extreme as that necessarily, but it's kind of a good example of the two sides of um, the envy that you have and then just the desire to, you know, I I want this. I'm going to work toward this. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's a positive desire versus a destructive force. And envy is the destructive force side of that. So I was going to throw that one out there. It's just kind of an illustration. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it's like, uh, you know, I think wanting things is a built in, human trait god puts stuff and people in the universe for us to go seek out and and make a part of our lives that was even before the fall you know and so now there's these complications because of sin because of our hearts are fallen and so it can easily turn into uh you know the wanting can get out of control, just like anything can get out of control and, and turn you uh, turn into a sin. But as far as wanting things just in general, I mean, it's like it goes back to that scripture where, you know, Jesus says, 
if you, you know if you ask your dad for some bread, he's not going to give you a rock. Mm-hmm. You know, and if your earthly father who is evil can give you a good gift, how about your perfect heavenly father? Right. Um, you know, and and there's another another passage that I remember uh, where Paul is. Ta- I can't remember where it is, but he's talking about uh, slaves, right? And it's I think it's in First Corinthians where he's talking about uh, being single and stuff too. And he's saying, you know, don't, you know, long and pine for a change in your status. Um, but if, you know, God opens the door, you have the opportunity. Go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, because obviously if you're a slave, you want to be free. And Paul's saying, you know, if the opportunity comes along, take it by all means, be free. But don't waste your all your days just languishing. Um, and maybe this is a bad example because obviously if you're, if you're a slave, freedom is going to be pretty high on your priorities list. But this, that's just the scriptural example that came to my mind where it's like, <laughs> you know, God, God wants to give you stuff. God has made stuff available to you. And certain times he will open the door and the possibilities for you to obtain that stuff. And it's perfectly godly and acceptable. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> it, it does. It does. Now, because you are kind of wallowing into a, a, a potential moray of, of, of issues with uh, yes. the, the, the slave stuff. And, <laughs> it was a bad example. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but it was the scriptural example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing is, you know, that, that that's at the end of the episode, Evan. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I skipped a little bit ahead, too, with my Steve Rogers to, to give that illustration. So, um, yeah, but the... The what I found to be the corresponding heavenly virtue, because we have the deadly sins and the heavenly virtues. Mm-hmm. And what I found to be the corresponding heavenly virtue was kindness. And so I it's interesting. Uh, it is interesting. And I started thinking through like what makes this the opposite? What makes this a corresponding thing? And here's what I realized. Uh if envy is the desire for you to have the good that someone else has, right? It's this internal desire to have the good that someone else has. Mm-hmm. Is it that kindness is the opposite because that is the external expression of giving good to someone else? Could be. I don't know. I <laughs> I mean, I It makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I, I thought of it more as as hope where envy is the you know, you're desiring something that doesn't belong to you, but with hope, you're doing the same thing, but in a positive way. You know, it's like you're desiring something that is good for you and good for everybody, and it's something that isn't depleted by your getting it, you know, or getting whatever you're hoping for. And, you know, true godly hope is, you know, what I'm <laughs> I'm hoping people I'm hoping people would uh would be hoping for but um you know I think for for me that's sort of where I went but your I mean kindness is is definitely uh interesting because of the uh the outplay of it. Yeah, well and yeah. and I'm going from like someone else's list, right? right. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is um the the heavenly virtues they aren't quite quite as I think of the word 
uh, that I used before was codified. All right. The lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. Those are pretty set in stone. The virtues that go with them are chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness. And then we'll talk about humility when we talk about pride in the next seven deadly sin episode. But, um, so like hope, I mean, you're actually bringing a very good opposite, uh, to, to the, the story here. It's just not one of the, right. the, the listed virtues. Right. And I came up with something different. And what's that? Than both of those. And I, I said it would be contentment and or generosity. Well, I think generosity and kindness go hand in hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's just generosity. Yeah, generosity is a little more specific in yeah. uh, the giving side of that. Uh, what was the other yeah. one you said? Uh, contentment. Contentment. Yeah, I think that also works really well as an as opposite. Of, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think all all four of the things we said go go pretty hand in hand. See, and I think when I usually think of envy, I think of the material, uh, and because. What you're saying is it's very good. It, it goes beyond the material. It's it's just the desire that so, that somebody else experiences misfortune. Uh, no, you know, it's 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 not not just that though. It's also the right, desire right. to experience the fortune that someone else has experienced. Right, right. And so, but that could apply to anything. Usually, I think of it as you know, like in the Ten Commandments, you know, don't covet your neighbor's oxen, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And so, I think that's where I I pulled generosity out of. Because that would be the opposite of material. I, I'm going to take from you. Generosity would be I'm going to give to you instead. Here, friend, have an oxen. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, although, I, well, we'll talk about some personal examples possibly. Um, and so I don't want to say too much about this here. But I, I do think envy goes way beyond the material. It, yeah. it goes way beyond something I want to take even. It, because it goes into things that aren't are not something you can actually hold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's looking at someone's lifestyle and saying, I want that lifestyle. It's looking at someone's relationships and saying, I want that relationship. It's looking at someone's successes and saying, I want that success. You know, or I want the, you know, to be able to see them not succeed. I want to take joy in them not succeeding because I don't have that. And, and I want and if I can't have it, nobody can. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, so that's All the right. definition then. Good. We've, we've sorted that, that out. I, I think we've got some good stuff there. So let's talk about some examples from imaginative fiction, from, from sci-fi, from fantasy. And we always start with Dante. But this is not one of Dante's circles of hell. There is not a circle of hell punishment for envy. Uh, this is from his purgatory. And right. it's one of the terraces, uh, the second terrace. And you have people who are working off the envy so that they can get into heaven. Mm. But the punishment, I don't know if it, is it a punishment? They're working it off. And so the, the impression that I get is that this isn't a permanent thing. Um, but those of us who have those, yeah, well, those of us, sure, we're, it's us. You know, if we were in Dante's purgatory, uh, we would be uh if we were guilty of envy our eyelids would be sewn shut with with wire so you have all these people clumped all together and they're all kind of moving together working together but they have their eyelids sewn shut with wire and 
the well, reason doesn't sound fun. <laughs> well, you're working off your sins so you can be cleansed to yeah. get into heaven, right? If you can't um, see anything, you can't envy anything. Right? Yes, because wow. in life they looked with coveting in their eyes, and like now the they are unable to look on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. and I guess that the the background for the sewing the eyelids shut. Uh, and this is where we can kind of maybe get in some spiritual application here a little bit with what Dante might be trying to say, uh, came from him observing the way that, um, uh, trainer Falcon trainers would sew the Falcon's eyes shut so that the Falcon, um, had to rely on the trainer to give it the food. How and do you get the Falcon to sit still for that? Well, you're talking about actually <laughs> sewing their eyes shut yeah, or, or using yeah. the hood? No. Wow. The, yeah. yeah. The hood is just to to, the, to bring them from place to place so they don't fly off. Yeah. Mm. So this was to get them to trust you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Trust the guy who sewed your eyes shut. But um, the, the thing that I saw, like, where does this come from? Where does this idea come from for him? It came from these these trainers, right? And then if you, okay, take it from that perspective of the trainer is then feeding the falcon. The falcon is then trusting the trainer to give it what it needs to survive it has no choice and it's just given what it needs and it trusts then the the same thing could be said here is these these people can't look with coveting on anything but they would just be you know at the mercy of whoever is helping them survive you know instead of because coveting or not coveting yeah coveting and envy says me 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 this is what i want and i what i in some ways know what's best is what you're saying I know what's best for my life. I know what I want. I know what I need to be happy in life instead of trusting that, you know, every good and perfect gift does come from above. And so th- I don't, I might be reading too much into it by taking this influence on Dante and then, you know, m- maybe I'm making a weak connection to use my video term, cool. but you know, am I, or maybe I'm just taking his weak connection and extrapolating on it. But, <laughs> But anyway, that's that's Dante, uh, and and so then also uh, next next time we do a, a deadly sin, it's also a, a purgatory terrace that we'll be talking about, not a not a circle of hell. I was disappointed to find that out. Wow. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks for nothing, Dante. I know. Seriously, you couldn't just do a couple extra circles just for us for this. I mean, you can draw more circles. It's not like there's a limit. I mean, yeah, he's he's talking about you know eternal destinations. Oh well, whatever. Just draw another circle, dude. Seriously. It's like, oh, I'm all, all our circles. <laughs> I'm so some I've reached terrorists. the limit. <laughs> so I've given I've already talked about Steve Rogers and now I've talked about Dante. So I'm gonna turn it over to you guys to get a couple of your favorites out of the way. Um although Dr. Jace is not here uh to you know jump in and say I'm gonna get mine out of the way so nobody steals it, um, with that envious attitude of his <laughs> to make sure oh man it was a lot easier as i was listening to the sloth episode we had a lot of jokes just about uh we're not going to edit this episode <laughs> because <laughs> too sloth this envy one doesn't doesn't lend itself quite as many jokes but yeah anyway uh we're envious of the jokes in that <laughs> sloth episode nice steve i'm gonna let you start <laughs> whoa i know i know all right well you i'm gonna go it. with um I'm going to go with something that probably you guys would not have on your list. That's what I'm hoping. 
Absolutely let's, let's not. Um, and for obvious reasons, I really can't get into it. <clears throat> um, and because people on this podcast might not have experienced this either, I'm not going to really get into it very much. Let's just hear it. Way. Let's just hear it. Uh, Severus Snape from the Harry Potter books. Um, just it. What, I what's yeah. Harry Potter? What? It's a It's a series of novels. That's a good one, Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've seen the the uh, the the movies, then you've seen a shadow of uh, the literary aspect of uh, envy in Severus Snape. Um, so those books are really pretty good. Um, and just as a caveat, I know a lot of people, you know, Harry Potter and that, all that stuff, but go back and listen to our magic episode. I think it's like 189 or something. And realize that there's a difference between literary magic and magic mentioned in the Bible and stuff like that. And if you have any questions, you can text me or, you know, get in touch with me and we can hash it out that way because I think there are, you know, books written by someone who's part of a Christian church. So, you know, if you want to call her a Christian, that's okay, I guess, if you want to, you know, whatever. Um, and she says her faith plays into the the deep plots of these stories. So, um, you know, if you want to quibble about someone's expression of Christianity, that's valid. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's someone who calls themselves a Christian, part of an actual Christian church, and well, they're, you know, faith. Well, let's talk out. about the envy part, so, though. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, I mean, just very basically, there are, are things in um, people in Severus Snape's life that uh, that he is uh, very envious of, and that plays out in the final chapters of the books and movies. So <laughs> again, I, it, it, this is still stuff that some people haven't seen or read. So I don't, re- I don't okay. really want to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, but if it's you guys want to elaborate, if you guys want to elaborate more than that, go ahead. That's as far as I'm comfortable with. You know, I, last week I heard someone declare the Harry Potter books, uh, to be the most overrated series of books right now. That's really true, yeah. but they're still good. Yeah. That person was me. And I was not saying I was not saying that they were not good, but that they were um, the the cultural phenomenon that they became uh, is, I would say, makes them a little bit over overrated, but not not too much. Not too much. The one the one that I read was good. (laughs) Well, I mean, the Avengers movies are overrated, but they're still good. Oh, man. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's does. I mean, they spent a lot of money to make them, so it's good that they're mm-hmm. making back the money, I guess. But good yeah. grief, the kinds of money that these movies are making. Yeah. A quarter of a billion dollars on the first weekend. Yeah. A that quarter is of a billion dollars. Crazy. So. Insane. Insane. Okay. So, Evan. I bet I bet other movies are, are envious. Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, I, I mean, you say other movies, but really other studios are definitely envious. Absolutely. They are absolutely yeah. envious and they're trying really hard, but not succeeding not as well. Yeah, they're just not doing as well. You know, no, they're, they're, trying they're, trying. they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. So, Evan, let's hear what, what What do you got for us? All right. I got uh, Lex Luthor. OK, I can Larry mark that off my list. 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he's uh, he's envious of Superman, and as much as he hates him, the reason he hates him is because he's not Superman. Yeah. He wants to be, and he wants the power, and he wants the influence, and he wants the accolades that Superman gets. Um, and he's he's also mad at Superman for his attitude about the power and the fame and the uh, the influence that he has, because Lex Luthor would give anything to have that and Clark all he he just wants to do good and he doesn't care about the fame or the accolades um and yeah honestly like when when he loses his powers in many different stories he doesn't really care that much unless you know a horrible disaster is happening yeah (laughs) he would he would just as soon you know live a normal life uh with his family but when he while he has the power he's just he's going to use it for to help other people he is the opposite of envious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other thing that's kind of telling, I mean, obviously they, they put him in the reporter's position in some ways, because back then that was the easiest way to get information about what's going on in the world mm-hmm. as quick as possible. But it's also an occupation, especially back then <laughs> where that really was seen as um, an occupation that could be used to help the world. Right. You know, by, by making things, you know, illuminating wrongs and and that kind of thing and so even outside of his superhero pajamas he is a he's part of a job that can be doing good for the world and i think you're right evan he'd be he'd be happy if he didn't have his powers he would still be a reporter and do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. still have lois Mm -hmm. now he's got a kid yep yep all right, so I'm going to start. I'm going to continue in the MCU then, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and thinking okay. through with Iron Man two. Uh, Justin Hammer, nice, yeah, is uh, <laughs> and and it's uh, similar to um, the Riddler in Batman Forever, mm-hmm. where Justin Hammer just wants to be Tony Stark, and Jim Carrey in Batman Forever just wants to be Val Kilmer, you know, to the point where uh, well, who Jim Carrey just wants you know, he he starts doing his hair like Val Kilmer. He starts dressing like Val Kilmer. He (laughs) wants to be, he wants, he wants Bruce Wayne's life or what he knows of it. And the same with Justin Hammer. He wants Tony Stark's success and he, he's everything he does just falls short, but it falls short because he's the, the standard of measurement that he's using for himself is not himself. Right. And that might be another way to define envy is using someone else's standard of measurement to define mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. So absolutely. Poor Justin Hammer. Poor, poor, yeah. poor Justin Hammer, that guy. <laughs> well, I wish even, they'd bring him back. Well, they did <laughs> for that one. They brought him back for a post credit in a mini movie. The, I didn't uh, even see that one. All Hail the King one. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't see that one. That takes place in prison that s- suggests that the, the Mandarin is actually out there and not Ben Kingsley. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's right. So, How come that hasn't hmm. been followed up with? Uh, because there's lots of things that haven't been followed up with. And that's just, just one more of them. I thought this new movie just wrapped everything up. Spoilers, that's Steve. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. All right. Well, I, I Back to you, Steve. I would say even more than than that, those you know feature the players in the, uh, in the MCU is Loki. Which yes, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, the entire series, spoilers here, 
revolves around Loki being envious for, you know, all the different stuff that he's envious for, you know, power, uh, Thor's position, Asgard. I mean, it just keeps going and going and he's responsible for what, like four or five of the, the, um, the power stones there that get into the, you know, the glove of doom, but it's like, he's so able to do it. And so phenomenal as a failure that it's like, you know, when, well, I don't want to give it away. Someone hasn't seen the movie, Um, but you know, something happens and you, you almost are happy that something non-positive has happened to, you know, a character that you've, you've seen in now 10 movies or so. Um, And, you know, but again, it's like that schadenfreude. You know, it's like, you know, you shouldn't be happy, but you're, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's it's that weird feeling. Although it's not as weird when it's in fiction, I think. I, I think in fiction, right. yeah. fiction gives you opportunity for, um, to have yeah. those feelings in a, a less high stakes situation right. where you're sitting watching this occur uh, whereas the difference would be if you're, you know, if it's a coworker, you know, and right, and you're yeah. watching him crash and burn or whatever, and you're just like, yeah, all right, finally, because <laughs> that dude was a dingleberry, and <laughs> yeah, because this you see all the 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 backstory stuff, you see all the you know all the machinations and all the twisting and turning and all the little things that he doesn't doesn't in, in his life no one sees you know all the little secret things but we know right right and, you know so we have that keen sense of you know comeuppance once that uh, you know so it's a that that would be probably i mean th- as much as he's the god of mischief i think more that he's the god of envy Hmm. I don't know if he's the hmm. god of envy. I think maybe the god of envy has a, a hold on his life. Maybe the envious like if, god of mischief. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if we're looking at it as, yeah, this is a world where there's all these different gods. The god of mischief is doing his mischief, but <laughs> whoever the god of envy is in Norse mythology, who I, I doubt maybe there is one, but um, yeah, I don't think he's so. all like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got you, buddy. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like that laugh. That was nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Evan, what's next on your list? I've got the Phantom of the Opera. Interesting. Continue. Yes. Let's hear it. And he he is uh you know pining after this girl the entire movie, but she is giving her heart to somebody else. And so spoilers for the climax of the Phantom of the Opera. Basically he comes down to it and he gives the ultimatum and because uh, he's kidnapped the girl. The other guy's coming to save her, and he gives him the ultimatum and says, okay, here's the deal. Um, you can try to save this girl, and if you try to do that, I'll just kill her so neither of us can have her. Or to save her life, here's this rope. Go ahead and hang yourself. Wow. Yeah. Dark. So it's Yeah, so it's like, okay, if I can't have her, no one's going to have her. You're not going to have her. You know, so it's – He's envious of this relationship that they have. It's the one. It's the one that he's always wanted, and he's gonna have it, or he, or 
you know, I'm going to destroy the very thing I love if I can't have it. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let your life get to that point, people. Yeah. Yep. That's not a good place to be. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's also murdered several other people at this point. So that's also bad. He could be past the point of no return. <laughs> also bad. Point. Mm-hmm. Just be careful you don't go that far down the path. No going back now. Yeah. The bridge is crossed, so he's going to stand and watch it burn. <laughs> so another another bad bad check off the list there. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about um, this one then? And I just rewatched it to make sure. And and sure enough, it's 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 there. The envy is there. Uh, it's a classic Star Trek episode, as most <laughs> classic Star Trek episodes are classic because they're sure. old and and decent and good, mostly. Except for this one, this is terrible. <laughs> this is a not a great episode. Although watching it today, uh, as we were frying fish for dinner, which is our tradition, we we watch something old and sci-fi when we fry fish for dinner. Nice. And so I'm watching the Star Trek episode with my children in the kitchen on my laptop. And it actually wasn't as bad as I remembered it being until we got to the end. And the ending was just dumb. But the performances of this episode, they were good. They were good. Shatner gives a nuanced Shatner. Like he's 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 playing himself and he's playing it big. But there's nuance there. And they're doing all these callbacks to other episodes and to um, ideas. And, you know, the, the idea that the death penalty has been, been outlawed in the Federation, except for uh, uh, there's, there's one crime. And I, I can't remember what, what it's called. It's like general or general order Four or something like that. That calls for the death penalty. That's the only thing that calls for the death penalty in the Federation at that time. And, and they mention it in this episode. And, and it's just like, wow, this is, this is an episode that lies heavily in the continuity and canon of Star Trek. It's yeah. called Turnabout Intruder. And Turnabout Intruder is about a woman who can't be a captain of a starship because she's a woman. And she then tricks the Enterprise to come to this planet where she's pretending to be sick. And as everyone else leaves, she's left behind with Captain Kirk, who is an old uh, lover of hers. And she zaps him and trades bodies with him. Oh, my God. And so now (laughs) she's got what she wanted, which is Captain Kirk's life. And so the rest of the episode is spent with Captain Kirk in the woman's body trying to convince everyone that he is actually not the one wearing his skin basically <laughs> and as you know and it actually isn't terrible i remembered it being terrible <laughs> but re-watching it, it this time it, it's the last episode they ever made and huh. uh, or at least the last episode that they aired it's the last star trek original series episode and they go out on what some of the stuff i'm describing the nuanced performance of so shatner's over the top performance and all of the different, you know, there's there's mind melding and all these different references, and it's it's a good one to go out on, except for the inciting incident of a woman who can't become captain because she's a woman, and Starfleet just doesn't allow that. Um, trading bodies with a man who um, can be captain and has the life that she is envious of, and the ending is just kind of oh. I guess we just finished this episode. 
Okay. <laughs> All is right with the world. They hit the reset wow. button for season four, except season four is not coming. Okay. Except in the animated form. <laughs> but, yeah, she was envious. She wanted his life. And, All right. And she got it. So my kids were just like, what is going on? <laughs> what is this? And then once they caught on, because they came in late, except for Doug, uh, my youngest, he he came in uh, right at the beginning, but he missed the transference part. And so he's asking me all these questions and the other kids come in and they're asking all the questions. <laughs> Doug's explaining it to them. And it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Let's see what the seven-year-old's take on this is. And then, oh, you should have recorded that. <laughs> that's hilarious. So and then it gets to the end and they're just, oh, well, okay. Yeah. That was the last scene in all of Star Trek. If you think about it that way, um, until, you know, animated series in the movie in, in the 70s. But mm-hmm. yeah. Dr. I think it's Janice Lester. Mm-hmm. Very envious. All right. all right, Steve. Me again? We're back to you, man. Wow. Goes, goes around and around, comes out here. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, family favorite movie you know one of the ones we like to go back to um this would be uh turbo or king candy from wreck it ralph oh and i love that th- the whole thing is he's envious that there's this other racing game and it's you know he's this 8-bit version of a racing game and he sees this other one that all the other kids are going to so what does he do what anyone would do in his position, they would, you know, switch his bodies with, Oh no, that's, that's a different situation <laughs> that anyone would do. Little, You're right now. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. But he would, uh, you know, in, invade the other game and, you know, cause the glitches and all of a sudden there's, you know, problems and things arise and he sets himself up as King candy and, you know, hel- hilarity yeah. ensues. Dethrone the princess, wipe everybody's memory. Anybody would do that. <laughs> it's salmon. It's salmon. <laughs> Steve, you're knocking it out of the park this week with this stuff. Oh, Those are oh, some thanks. great examples. Thanks. Just wait till next one. The next one. Just be amazed. You know, I did not see that twist coming in that movie, Wreck It Ralph. Neither did with, I. That was that was a, a twisty twist. That, I mean, I think it, that was, it was a throwaway mention of this, you know, turbo. Yeah. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, that was kind of pointless. I wish they would have done more with that character. And then I forgot about it. <laughs> and then when they revealed it on screen, it was the deepest gasp I think I've ever done uh, <laughs> in the movie theater. I was like, <gasps> I was nice. shocked. Okay. My turn. It is. Okay. Um, I'll just give you the rest of mine real, just real quick. I mean, they're not, I don't think there's too much to go into with them, but I had, uh, obviously Yogi Bear is on here. Um, he's envious of all the picnic baskets. Uh, King Louie. It's more like gluttony, isn't it? Well, but he's, he's, he has food in the forest, but he does not content with that. He's, he wants the human food from the picnic baskets. You can't get fat on berries and fish. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, I've tried. Uh, King Louie from the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Wooby Doo, I want to be like you. Well, a lot of the, um, we didn't really get into Disney, but you could just every do Disney villain. Show. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. I, I actually 
wrote that down. Every Disney villain. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they, they are all just fueled by envy yeah. for the protagonist. Scar. Scar. Um, um, the, the Ursula. Um, well, um, not. I get. Ursula, Ursula is yeah, just... Ursula is motivated by envy for yes. Ariel's father and his position. Right. And she uses Ariel's own envy. I just hmm. want to be part of their world. Very good. And she uses Very that good. as her weapon. Oh, it's a different one. Yeah, I had one more, uh, and that was the Joker um, in one. And I guess this is a supervillain trope, right? Because there's one episode in the animated series where uh, it reveals Harley Quinn's origin. But mm-hmm. when it's not revealing Harley Quinn's origin, Harley Quinn has taken it upon herself to destroy Batman so she can finally get some alone time with her pudding. <laughs> and she succeeds. She has Batman unconscious, tied up over a tank of piranhas, and all she has to do is cut the, the rope and he's dead. And But she wants to call... Or Batman is able to trick her and say, hey... The Joker will never believe you pulled this off. Um, all that will be was, uh, you know, pieces of cloth, and anybody could fake that. Um, you should call him. So she calls him, <laughs> and the Joker, the Joker comes, and he pushes her out of a skyscraper window, and then sets Batman free because nobody's going to kill Batman but him. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so those episodes were awesome. I that's the common supervillain thing, but I think it's most poignant right there, where it's like, you know, there's two villains teaming up. One of them's gonna kill the good guy. I don't think so. Nobody kills him but me, and then the superhero can escape. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't kill him, nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like okay. How about Woody in Toy Story? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Very yeah. good. I think that's a. Oh man, and, and Stinky Pete. That, that, true, true. Yeah. The thing with Woody is, you totally get it. Yeah. Like, it, it's yeah. You you know he's doing stuff that are wrong, and and you know he's doing things that are going to cause lots of problems. Yeah. Um. And he, but he's fueled by by envy for this the new guy. Yeah. yeah. You can even say the same thing about uh, Lotso Hugging Bear. <sighs> Yeah. So <laughs> basically not- every Toy Story movie <laughs> yeah. fueled by envy. Because Lotso Hugging Bear is not necessarily trying to take things from people for himself, but he's trying to keep things from everyone because he lost it, so everybody else should lose it. Right. As well. And all the toys are envious of the time that they get to spend with Andy. Mm. You know, and, and envious of being still his property or, you know, at least someone's property in the end, it, it works out kind of nicely, um, that way, but I don't know if they're going to have a fourth one. I don't know, man. I thought that museum deal in the second one was a sweet deal. If you're a toy for them to go to the museum. Yeah. And not be played with. No, but if I was a toy, I would have picked the museum. Oh, you would have picked the museum over being played with. He's already had lots of playtime and you're going to get played with into the ground and then you're going to end up in the dump from Toy Story 3 and everybody in the theater is going to cry. And now you're going to be envied by all the children who come by looking at you in the museum. I'm just saying. Mm. How about... uh, I would have picked that museum hanging out with my my custom-made girlfriend. (laughs) 
It'd be like the, the Garden of Eden. How about the Incredibles? With, uh, what's his name there? Syndrome. Uh, syndrome i'm like i'm trying to remember his uniform i'm like he added the big letter on his uniform what did it stand for um and you know he just he wanted to to be a sidekick he wanted to have powers and now he's going to give everyone power so nobody's going to be special you know and it's just like an interesting interesting twist on the whole envy thing yeah and so many supervillains. Oh yeah. I mean, just envy is what motivates them because it's it's an easy one to understand, right? And and it's an easy one to use where you know the supervillain is envious of the hero. It's not just I want to rob that bank, right. but it's um, I want what they have. And that's why there's so many Disney movies and cartoons with that same thing. It's because kids can process that and then they go home and they want to play with the legos and their brother or sister's playing with the legos and maybe they can say you know what you play with the legos i'll let you because i don't want to be envious of you know just something silly like legos you know it could lead to our stepmom asking to cut out someone's heart or something you know i mean so <laughs> i don't know where that came Snow White, Snow White. Hopefully they would they would process it in a good way. Oh, that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were you switched tracks there, and that's where it confused me. It's like, Mom, Jimmy won't let me play with the Legos. Then cut out his heart. I was I was on the one track with you, and now I I get the other track with. It's it's bringing the two tracks together that kind of threw me a little bit. Did either of you guys watch Once Upon a Time? No. Because that show takes that junk to like the next level. They're cutting out everybody's heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like everybody. It's terrible. How about uh, Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Nice. Just wants Sandy that other holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and uh, one other big one: till we have faces. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, now the original myth even gets into that because that's Aphrodite. It, is jealous of psyche cause she's more beautiful. And so that's where, you know, she, um, makes, wants to make psyche fall in love with the monster, but Eros falls in love with psyche and blah, blah, blah. But then the book itself with, uh, I always say it wrong because it's a uh, written word or Uh, she is all about her envy yeah. and it's, it's all about her like discovering that, you know, this, she has this love, but then there's also this envy and, so, and uh, yeah. for those of you who want to know more, maybe I recommend listening to our two-part episode that we did about Till We Have Faces, which I don't know what episode number it is, but I'm going to know in just a moment. Um, and maybe and even reading the book. How, uh, Definitely out of all the books the in the book. world, oh, man. Yeah, out of all the books in the world, how high do we rank the, uh, the Till We Have Faces book? Well, this is two-part episode uh, 211 and 212 from November of 2016, and this is my favorite book of all time. Yeah, it's right Favorite up there. Book of I mean, all time. you know, I I would, I would be uh, digging through bookshelves to try to come up with something to put next to it. So yeah, it's a fantastic. I, I mean, I, I in love more ways book. than one. It's literally fantastic. Ah, so 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 good. Yeah. Um. So I think and that's... also Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yes, I have that one here you too. Know, for for uh, Lucy, good old because Lucy. she was 
envious of Susan. Poor old Lou. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's more of a jealousy when it's like to people. But I mean, I think envy and jealousy, I think we're lumping them together. They do go hand in hand. They yeah. do. Um, yeah. And then C.S. Lewis in his Four Loves, which I would recommend to everybody. In fact, I before I proposed to my wife, I I didn't force her to read it, but I made sure that she read it so she would understand what, you know, where I was coming from with this whole love thing. Um, but in the Four Loves, uh, C.S. Lewis dis- discusses how uh, the agape love is needed to withstand envy, and that uh, envy is is common with, you know, some of the other types of love. Um, you know, even with affection, you know, you have a bunch of friends and, you know, oh, I'm envious of, uh, the affection that, uh, Billy has for Jimmy because, you know, they always go play basketball and they never ask me, you know, and even just that affection, you can still be friends with Billy and Jimmy, but when they go play basketball, you're envious. Yeah. Hey, uh, hang on just one second. If you will allow me this, this, uh, I'm going to retroactively play the sounder for the book of Lewis as we open this up and explain my, my problem that I had from the beginning. Okay. We're opening it now. Okay. The book of Lewis is open and, um, this is where, Normally, I would just read a quote or two. I can't. Like, I have to say, read till we have faces. Read mm-hmm. The Four Loves or listen to right. it even better. Um, no, read it, too, because the book has more in it. But if you can get the recordings, the four recordings of right. him doing the the radio lectures, it's the only existing recording of him doing his radio lectures that he would do for the BBC. Right. And yeah. so I can't say here's a quote from I, I, I probably could. But um, every quote I would find, like from The Great Divorce or from Screwtape Letters or from Till We Have Faces, it really is more like this huge, very uh, organic part of a greater whole. Right. Because uh, Great Divorce has some incredible stuff about envy in there and about not wanting other people to be happy. And, and the same with you were saying with, with The Four Loves, which just what The Four Loves describes relationally um, – it may not be 100% accurate as far as like things that we know about that we've learned um, from psychology in the last, you know, I don't know, 60 years or whatever. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it, what it does describe, it does so beautifully and then allows you to say, Oh, is that me? Shoot. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, Oh good. Yeah, that's right. So. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's the book of, of Lewis here. And, but that means we're kind of skipping ahead to practical application. Uh, Steve, do you have any more on your list? I had I had I, one one or two more. I boss baby. That's an example of <laughs> the yeah, I haven't seen that older one. kid being jealous or envious of the the attention that the younger one gets. Um, and then I also had, and and maybe maybe this doesn't work very well, but Anakin and Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith mm. were a yep. big part of of his motivation is kind of coming from envy of Obi-Wan, especially right. when it comes to potentially the relationship that Obi-Wan has with Padme. Yeah. It's misplaced, but it's still there. Yeah. The yeah. feeling is there, if not the reality of what the feeling comes from. So the, 
yeah, the the seed that the feeling the feeling would come from. So anyway, mm-hmm. Anakin right. and Obi Wan. Steve, you got any more? And then we'll move into some more of the practical life stuff. I would say uh, big ones on my list that we didn't cover. Probably saving one for a quote for the very end. So I'm not going to get into that. But um, I would say in Lord of the Rings, um, you have Denethor, and also you have uh, Saruman you know jealous of gandalf Mm -hmm. um but uh those are probably two that i would throw out in that uh, in that genre i thought of one as we were recording and i already mentioned it but it was uh, the martians from war of the worlds Mm -hmm. they're envious of our planet yeah i don't don't know if it's so much envious is like their world is dead and they need our blood well, that's the book. The book is that they need our blood. Mm-hmm. That's the movie too. Okay, I couldn't remember from the movie. Do something spoiler. I've blocked the movie you. out. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say uh, we we did get uh, one uh, person on our Facebook page who gave us an example. Um, well, we had t- three. Did we do three? Yeah, I two of them. One. Well, one Sorry. of them was there's a, I guess a character from Full Metal Alchemist named mm-hmm. yes. named Envy. Yeah, they, are, they have all the seven deadly sins in okay. that show. And I haven't watched Sonic. the movie yet on Netflix, so I don't know. I'm not an expert yet, but I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> and then I'll be an expert. The movie is interesting. <laughs> that and the, the movie of uh, uh, the uh, Avatar, Last Airbender. Last Airbender, Don't yeah. play. Okay. Let's uh, not do so this. So I can watch that movie and know what Let's, happens. Oh, my word. Let's not do this here. <laughs> So, Steve, uh, was was Full Metal Alchemist the one then? Because that was uh, our our friend Hunter and Anthony who talked about Full Metal Alchemist. Right, yeah, that was the one I was going to... Okay, well, Angela uh, then also had something to say. And this one, I want to be careful. Um, So I'm not going to say the specifics because I don't want to spoil. So I'm going to cut out, I think, the last sentence of Angela's post. But she said, I had to look up the definition because everything I was thinking of seems more like jealousy or greed. But a feeling of discontent or ill will for what someone else has was what I found, which is kind of what we're landing on here. Mm -hmm. And the first one I thought of probably because I had seen it so recently is Dr. Smith in the new lost in space series. Mm. And she gives a specific example that I believe comes from episode two. And so I I really don't want to talk about that specific example because it's so fresh and it's, yeah, it's so new. This is a new series and people haven't had a chance to watch it. I have you had a chance to watch it? I've seen an episode and a half. Okay, so. we we were up through episode three, uh, and I'm watching it with my kids, except for the young one. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan, have you watched it? Not yet. We're planning on it. Just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, it, it's good on its own. You don't need to know anything about the other series uh, or the movie <laughs> um, <laughs> to be able to watch it and enjoy it because it really is. It's it's uh, it's space family robinson you know they are on a planet they're lost and it's family stuff it's all about the family did you catch the uh the cameos by billy moomy i just caught the one oh okay well there's i don't know i'll I'll just leave it for that if someone knows you know what he looks like and who he is then that'll be a fun little thing for them to get it's the kid from the original series right yeah and also, uh, he was a big part of, of Babylon 5, and um, 
And then, yes, he makes a cameo in, in this series. And it's a really yeah. interesting cameo when you and really he also did the, he also did the song fish heads. That is right. He a novelty did. song. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. Eat them up. Yum. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I recommend it based on the three episodes I've seen. Uh, it's, it's light sci-fi. It's, you know, PG sci-fi as far as like family friendliness goes, there's some language, um, and some violence, but not scary violence or not super scary, there's some scary situations, but you'll yeah. get that in almost anything. Yep. So anyway, um, but Angela, good, good catch. Good one. Um, yeah, very good. So let's get into that personal application. Some of the scriptural stuff and some of the life stuff. Um, cause I did think of two people from scripture who I think embody envy and mm. one, one is Herod, uh, mm. who just yeah. straight up does not want anyone else to have, <laughs> he, he's the king, right? And he constantly is having, he's overshadowed by the other people that the emperor is, uh, you know, making regional leaders in, in the area and, He's just he, to the point where he's, you know, he kills family members because he thinks they might be, you know, trying to usurp the throne that he has. And, um, and his throne really isn't as powerful as, as he wants it to be. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the scripture goes, like that's all historical elements. But as far as the historical element from scripture, that's him saying, I'm going to kill every single child under the age of two to make sure I wipe out the one child who's going to take my throne. Yeah. Based mm-hmm. on the word of three wise men who are following a star. It's true. It's true. But yeah. And then there's also Solomon and the two mothers, which, uh, you know, they're, the one loses her child, wants the other's child to the point where it's the gateway drug, right? Where she's, I'm going to steal the right. child. And then, um, she's more interested in not, letting anyone have the child. And so when the, when, when Solomon says, well, well, we'll cut the child in half and then you can each have half. And the real mother says, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that because I don't want the child to die. And that's when Solomon knows it's, it's so hers. Wise. Yeah. And then that also brings us back to Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut uh, the bike okay. in half. Because uh, Kramer wanted the bike, Elaine wanted the bike. They're going to cut the bike in half. And Kramer says, "No, no, 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 no! It's too precious." And so Newman <laughs> gives Kramer the bike. And oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great episode. That's funny. I actually came up with two different ones yeah? from the Bible. People from the Bible um, or verses? Versus Newman? No, no. Just, oh, go ahead. Keep going. What? Oh, just, the verses from the yeah. Bible? Um, well, the, the first one would be in Genesis. Actually, both of them would be. Um, yeah, Cain, you know, there, there could be <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of envious uh, reasons why he did what he did there. Uh, and the other, the other two, which, I mean, they play off envy. They play each other off of the whole envy thing for, you know, until the end of their stories, uh, is uh, Jacob and Esau. Where oh, Jacob yeah. is envious of Esau, and then Esau is envious of Jacob, and then you know it's it's like, 
what do you do when someone has tricked another person who is in a murderous rage? And, you know, then what do you have? You have Laban, who is, hmm. you know, envious of, of Jacob's uh, working and his talent. And so, you know, he tricks him. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it goes back and forth with them. It's just a, uh, you know, a treatise on let's not be envious guys because this is what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the, the, one of the great tragedies in, in that story is that, you know, he tricks Esau, but then he doesn't get to like even enjoy the spoils. Because right. he has to run, you know, and so technically yeah. speaking, he is the patriarch, you know, when when dad dies, but he doesn't have anyone to be a patriarch over except for a new family that he gets. And yeah. it's yeah. Wow. And then that family's a mess. And then he goes down to Egypt and what happens? He dies. Well, but that he's, <laughs> he dies a really old man. I, mean, not, I know. I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> served him right living that yeah, long yeah right. seriously uh so i <laughs> there's one of one of the other things is uh, obviously the ten commandments you know you have you don't covet your neighbor's wife or his servant or his ox or his donkey or anything like that but then proverbs fourteen thirty, um this one just kind of sums up pretty much anything that envy can do in your life and that is a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Mm. Yeah. And that's where it's just envy is, it's this internal thing that just rots you from the inside out. And there's so many places. I think if I'm not, when we do these episodes, I'm pretty sure if I don't feel convicted in researching this and then talking about it with you guys, um, we're doing it, we're wrong. Doing it wrong. Yeah. Cause, yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I, this got me thinking about just a lot of different things, just in different professional areas of my life. You know, just recently, where I had a friend who got a sweet gig doing um, a comic book thing, and I was like, "Oh man, oh man, that should be I me." Done that, you know, uh, and, I and I, written the living daylights out of it. No, seriously. I mean, that's yeah, I know. Uh, and it's not that I would have done a better job than him. It's just I know I would have had so much fun and done a good job with it, you know? Yeah. And and then I'm just like, oh. And you got to check yourself then, too. It's like, oh, mm. okay. So that's not good. <laughs> that's right. not good. And But that's and also, it's not just that situation. There's been many situations like that over my, the course of my, my creative life and, you know, the course of my um, – even, even my life as a, a pastor – uh, now uh, for the last couple of years and and just looking at other people's programs and looking at other people's opportunities and it's just mm -hmm. um that's that's one of those that i just have to really check myself about mm, yeah. even podcasting i look at other people's podcasts and I'm like oh they get all the everyone likes their podcast they all comment on that podcast and they all like that one and they all blah 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 they get good reviews and but ours is the best well is we it? know that objectively it? it's the best <laughs> all i know is i don't need to be having those feelings because envy rots the bones and that's not that's helpful right. you know now if you're looking at someone else's podcast or someone else's writing or you know painting ability or whatever and you look at it and you're saying like what, what can i learn from that to make mine better right you know that's the difference 
And, you know, to look at it and say, oh, they always, you know, whatever. Um, they, they, <laughs> they, have the, they have a greater audience or they have, you know, all the better opportunities. They have all the privilege, you know, and those things. Yeah. And you just have to say, oh, but, okay, what do I do with what I have? Because every good and perfect gift is from above. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at someone else's gifts from God. Uh, and and saying to myself, I want that. God was wrong to give it to them and shouldn't yeah. give it to me. And you're uh, saying my gifts aren't good. Or you know, yeah, God, God my, gave me all this stuff, and it's not good enough. I have someone else's. Yeah, yeah, and, and so that's where, like, okay, yeah, I'm, if I'm if I'm not feeling convicted doing this, I'm I'm guilty of yeah. of yeah. not doing it right or yeah. not paying attention to what we're doing here. So yeah. And if anyone doesn't understand how bad jealousy or envy it really is, another verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 4, says, Wrath is cruel and anger is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? So jealousy is like crueler than wrath and more overwhelming than anger. You know, it's like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're talking about writing a story, mm-hmm. you you can have the the antagonist motivations be anger or wrath, but mm-hmm. those are fires that burn and eventually burn out. This yeah. this this is smoldering fire. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther. We forgot Black Panther. Yes. Yeah. Killmonger. And Killmonger. Yep. And. Yep. and in, in some ways, Thor and Hulk and Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, Evan, you haven't had a chance really to speak into this. This portion. Um, well, I just, uh, I think God has helped me in the past years uh, come up with some some helpful things in my own life that's helped me curb uh Envy, and one of those things from Proverbs thirty-seven through nine, which is really uh, a couple of verses that have that come up anytime I'm tempted to, or God brings them to my mind anytime I'm tempted to. Oh, I, you know, we're not doing as well as I want us to do, you know, financially, or uh, you know, oh, this, you know, I wish I had a better job, so on and so forth. And uh, they say, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First. Help me never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm-hmm. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. And so th- those verses, like, it struck me like, man, and, and I, I feel like it really, it, that ties into, you know, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, where he's like, don't worry about it, man. Just don't worry about yeah. your material stuff. You trust in God, he's going to give you your daily bread. He's going to give you exactly what you need, and he knows yeah. what you need. He knows which people he needs to be rich and supplying you know, the finances to people. He knows which people he needs to be poor and out there working where he wants them to work. And so that's that's been something that's just really helped me with ever, whenever I am tempted to you know, feel that way. Um, and then another thing, because like I said, a lot of the times I – I feel like it comes up in my life where it's material uh, possessions. And mm-hmm. an, another thing that's 
been very helpful to me is Luke six thirty eight, where ju- it's just about material possessions. And it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And so, you know, this shouldn't be like a formula like, oh, now I know how to get rich. I'll just give everything away. <laughs> but you absolutely know. not that. Just so everyone knows <laughs> No. That is not where we're going with that. Cause, but this should be yeah. your attitude, right? God's right? saying this should be your attitude is that you get so you can give. And if you if you close – if God gives you something and you close your fist around it, well, then you can't get anymore because your fist is closed, right? So yeah. hold your hands open and let God's blessings flow through. And you know, when, if he calls you to give it to somebody else, do it, and then you'll, your hands will be empty and ready to receive more stuff. So that's just, I mean, I'm not talking like prosperity gospel or whatever, you know, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a biblical principle and, you know, God, you might have open hands that God might not give you a Learjet, you know, but he might give you a gift card and you can, (laughs) you know, take somebody out or something, you know, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you could apply this to your life, but it is a principle that I have found to be so true, and God has just shown me time and time again how faithful He is um, if we just trust Him. Yeah. And it might not be in the way you were imagining, um, but, I mean, God's got a plan for you, if, and you don't need to be looking at other people's plans or the way they do things. I think this also goes into um, you know, spiritual gifts and things, because I, I used to look at how other people worshipped or how other people served, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would think I I don't know if I was envious of them, but I was I was down on myself because I'm like oh well I'm not responding in that way does that mean I'm not where I need to be as right. a Christian or you know I'm not I try to serve in the way they serve and I am just absolutely miserable and I have no joy you know in the Lord doing it this way what's wrong with me and um you know God makes us all different and he's he's you know, it says in Psalms, he's got every day of your life has been written in his book before a single one of them happened. And so, you know, we, we can trust him that he's got the plan for our specific personal life. He is God and he wants to know us that intimately and he does know us that intimately. And and he knows what our needs are, what he created us with and all that stuff. And so, yeah, uh, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, this is this is the cure to envy. Yeah, is to lean in and lean back into him and, and trust him and to allow him to um, yeah, allow him to provide and, and allow him to provide his way and not yours yeah, necessarily. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Although that said, maybe he will tell you what his way is and it becomes your way because you want his way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, you're going along. And like I said before, at the beginning of the episode, when I wasn't supposed to, um, you know, he, he might open up an opportunity that you weren't expecting. And then you, if you want to go that way, you know, <laughs> I always used to say, I hate it when God gives me options. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, just, just close all the other doors. Just tell me which one to go through. You know, cause sometimes he does, he, he lets you like, either way is good. Either way is fine. You know? And, and, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> just God, God is so good. He's so good. And I, yeah. I sometimes, you know, when I think of God, I 
some people are like right there. They're like, oh, God is love. Not me, man. God is my boss. God is the king. <laughs> and I have to be reminded all the time, no, actually, he loves you. He so loves you, and he's so good, and he's your daddy, man. And he he's the best daddy in the universe and wants to just – he wants to – he wants good for you. Even if sometimes you can't see that the what he's doing is good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. As a Christian. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that's Some, off topic. Sometimes or... it's no. Sometimes it's it's a hard thing to to get past because even you know it's 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 sort of like you know being humble. You know, as a Christian, you're like, oh wow, I was really humble right there. <laughs> and, it's like, wow. and as soon as you say it, <laughs> you feel Zot lightning. Yeah, it's like you know, oh, oh Lord, you know, I don't need anything. I just want what everyone else has. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's like that, and we fail, and God picks that failure, and you know, somehow says, "I want you. I chose you before time began. That you know, you were going to be." in my kingdom. And you're like, yeah, but did you just see what I just did over yeah. here? I just, I just messed up the whole thing and I, I did it on purpose. Half of it. <laughs> but he allows like, you to learn from it. He allows you yeah. to grow from it. And, <laughs> and then from that moment, uh, that sometimes leads into something where it's like, wow, this, I did that bad thing that shouldn't have been done, but now I'm here and I've learned from it and good came out of it. Why? Because it's, it's redemption. Yeah. You know, he redeems us. And God's like, what do you want me to do? Go back in time and not choose you? I mean, the, <laughs> that's that's what you're you're saying when you're like, oh, God, I'm not worthy of you. I mean, obviously, that's why I had to choose you. That's why I had to send my son to die for you. You know, <laughs> you're not telling me anything I don't know. <laughs> so, All right. Well, I think that's this episode then. And in... I don't know, four or five years, we'll do uh, part seven <laughs> yeah. or something, or Wrap maybe not. No, man. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it sooner than then. I don't know when. Um, but basically, that came down to Evan had an idea for a series. And I was like, let's finish Let's finish the other series that we never yeah. finish before we start another one. <laughs> Good idea. That we have finished. Yeah. And we might so, start Evan's before that. Well, we might. We might. But this way, we're at least on track. And we, we right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, with all that said, any final words, gentlemen? Thoughts? Final thoughts? Final fantasies? Well, I could. I, I was. I was really digging into you know the vast uh, My Little Pony uh, instances of, of envy um, to try to get like a really good cogent quote. But you know, it just. I had to go back to Shakespeare when Iago says, "Oh, beware, my lord, of jealousy." It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. Good quote. I almost – I had it in my notes. I'm glad I didn't say it. I'm glad too because I would have had to come up with another quote. Exactly. And it probably would have been from my little pony. <laughs> oh. Having any final words? I was trying to think of something cool to say, but I can't think of anything cool to say. <laughs> so I'll just say goodbye. <laughs> you, you you're right you you found something not cool to say you did it <laughs> you're absolutely right we were words we're never not on and i'm gonna say thank you for listening and um you know we've got we've got pride coming up so if you have thoughts about pride let us let us know and i i saved that one for the last 
um, mainly because I feel like most of these come out of it. So, and I'm feeling yeah, pretty good that we're going to get that finished. I mean, it's going to be like a, an accomplishment. Like, who else? Can... Who else has done a series about the seven deadly sins? That's right. We are the I ones. That, we I are. That on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> what? A, who has two thumbs and did something really awesome about right now? Me. You know, when I send this, when I send this in as evidence for my humility award, <laughs> it's it's going to be probably what puts us over the edge. Yeah. Well. Okay. All that said, thanks for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Ha <laughs> ha!